Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Matchbook series on the EBPL podcast. My name is Paul. I'm the adult services librarian here. This is our last episode for the spring, and we're going to do something a little bit different because normally I'll take questions that patrons will send in, but this time I wanted to focus on something I thought was pertinent ever since the start of the pandemic. I know I've had trouble concentrating on really long books and trying to focus my attention for a period of time. We're going to focus on books that are under 200 pages today. Quicker ones you could get out of the way and help you get back into reading if you've maybe fallen off in recent months. I know I have. And these are some books that flow particularly well and in that way will help you want to read other books and maybe get back in the swing of things. I tried to pick different genres, different topics. So there will be something for you here. I picked five different ones and we're just going to go through them. I'll give a little bit about each one and hopefully you find something you like. The first one is The Interpreter of Maladies by Jhumpa Lahiri. She's an Indian American author and she won the Pulitzer Prize in 1999 for this collection of short stories about her experience. Some of it's autobiographical. Some of it is her interpretation of other people's experiences that she's seen. They try to balance their Indian roots with becoming an Indian American and how immigration and cultural assimilation changes them as a person for better or worse, because it's really interesting that little things she hits on about this experience and how it could be extremely fulfilling in some ways by opening you up to new cultures and new ways of doing things. But it also, at the same time, you have to balance that with losing out on, I guess, what she would think is the unfiltered expression of her own culture in India and how you balance those two things. She's actually a somewhat local author now, which is funny because she teaches at Princeton and if you're ever in Princeton, she gives talks at Labyrinth Books down Nassau Street all the time. If you are a fan, look out for that one. I know it might seem strange, but I would start with the last short story in this collection. It's called The Third and Final Continent. I think it typifies the themes of the collection at large in a way where it encapsulates everything. You have a narrator who was born in India, moves to London, and then moves to the United States, hence third and final continent. And it deals with his relationship with an elderly woman who lives nearby and how they get along, but also with an arranged marriage that had been arranged for him beforehand. And he has to make this work within the new context of how he understands the cultural elements of the United States. It uses all these different themes that are really prevalent throughout the collection, like community, communication, relationships between parents and children, transformation through immigration. All of these things can be found in this one story. So I would start with that. And if you like it, definitely read the rest of the stories in the collection. The next book I wanted to talk about is Ethan Frome by Edith Wharton. It is the oldest book I'm going to mention in this episode, I think it's from 1911. And Edith Wharton, if that rings a bell, would know her for The Age of Innocence. And this Ethan Frome concerns a man who, unlike most of Edith Wharton protagonists, is not wealthy, has nothing to do with the upper class, anything like that. You see a man living on a farm, struggling to get by in Massachusetts. I don't want to go too much into the plot on this one, but 
all I'd say is it has a lot to do with people who can't get out of their own way in relationships, be they friendships or intimate relationships or romantic relationships. And it has to do with putting aside ego and how that could be difficult for a lot of people and how we often don't even realize how we could go about doing this. I think it has a lot to say about the human condition and how we connect with other people. And in that way, I, I found it extremely modern and it holds up brilliantly for modern audiences. I, I don't want to spoil it too much, but don't read this one if you're looking for a nice, uh, happy ending to something, because that certainly is not the case here. It's more a really zoomed in look at human foibles. The next book I want to discuss is The Day of the Locust by Nathaniel West. This book came out in 1939, and it concerns a man named Todd Hackett, who recently graduated from art school and was hired to by a Hollywood studio to do scene painting and design at the studios. And in doing so, meets a, a really eccentric cast of characters who are from the underworld of Hollywood, I guess at the time would not have had any recognition and really served to undermine the glamour of Hollywood that they had a lid on, I would say at the time. This is a novel, by the way, it's not nonfiction. I should get that out of the way front and center. This cast of hard scrabble characters, they're all hung up on this American dream, which is how they ended up in Hollywood in the first place. And they all have aspirations to be movie stars or executives of some sort, but it doesn't really pan out for any of them. And this twists their personalities, exposes how hollow the whole concept of the American dream can be for people who are working their whole lives to get there and still cannot attain in ways that the upper class can. And to see how it twists these characters, it's funny at the same time, but also sad and you empathize with them and you're really just along for the ride in what is a really moving book about people who are striving to do their best while holding on to a dream they can't attain. The next book I wanted to discuss is Passing by Nella Larson. This was recently made into a movie for Netflix starring Tessa Thompson, but I thought the book was much better as it usually is. And it sounds like a good topic for a future matchbook episode, but I'll leave that one alone for now. This concerns a woman named Irene, who is a light-skinned black woman living comfortably with her husband and children in Harlem, 1920s. And the inciting incident is her meeting up with her friend Claire, who is also a light-skinned black woman, and discovering that Claire has been passing for a white woman. And Irene, our protagonist, is trying to understand why she would do that and is hung up in between where she can see it both ways, where there's advantages in not having to deal with the vitriol and harassment that would be directed toward her had she identified more explicitly as a black woman. But at the same time, Irene still can't grapple with Claire turning her back this part of her racial background. It has a lot to say about the authenticity of our racial and ethnic and cultural expression as well. And what I think makes the book even better is that the author, Larson, she in her own life was a light-skinned mixed-race woman who was able to pass as white, which is how she was able to publish these novels in the first place. The whole autobiographical element, I think, lends even more credence to her experiences and the 
experiences of the characters in the novel. And it makes for an excellent piece of literature about conflicted emotions and the inroads that African-Americans were making at the time and how everybody dealt with this on an emotional level. The last book I wanted to talk about is The Ocean at the End of the Lane by Neil Gaiman. In it, we find a man who returns to his childhood home and gets to just walking about town reminiscing. And he remembers this girl he knew when he was younger. And a wave of memories really come flooding back to him about the girl who lived there and her grandmother and how they always seemed maybe a little bit odd. And we get his reflections on what his childhood was like and his experience interacting with the family. If you just look at the title itself, it's eye-catching, and it shows how Gaiman's ability to imbue what seems so mundane and everyday with this sense of wonder and fantasy, he's just amazing at it. He's able to capture these really complicated landscapes and make them something so completely foreign and fantastical, but at the same time, the imagery will just pop right into your head. He uses this all to show through this man's recollections with the family and that childhood is mysterious and wonderful, unexplainable, unfathomable, all those kind of things, and that the reality of it can seep through the cracks at times, but at the same time is always present in our recollections as adults. And he just does an incredible job of capturing all of those things at one time. I don't want to go too much into the details on that, but if that sounds interesting to you, definitely check it out. I hope at least one of those books sounded interesting to you. That's it for this season of the Matchbook series. We will have more episodes coming this fall. Check us out at ebpl.org backslash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Special thanks to Melissa Hosek for editing this episode. And thank you all for listening.